Hi, I'm Sally and this is episode one of the Equalizer podcast. Today I'm joined with Emily, aka Emily B. Do you want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> um, this is my first episode and I'm super excited to have um, Emily with me because I'm going to start all my episodes just by like blowing smoke up people's arses a little bit, but I've always just said, like admired you from afar and always thought you were like such a good DJ and like now I'm a DJ as well it, like to me you're one of the people that I totally look up to and just think like your tunes are always really really good your sets are always like really really class um I know we're just blowing smoke up people's arses a bit awkward but I just thought I'd say that but first um first things first do you want to like introduce yourself talk about like how you started DJing and where you're at now versus like where you started and stuff yeah of course um so I'm Millie B I started um to learn um in lockdown um, cause I lost my sister and I was just like, I needed like a creative outlet to kind of keep me going. Um, I'd always been like, you know, like really interested in seeing, always went out to like Cab Ball, like where we probably all got like interested in it in Edinburgh. Um, so yeah, I started in lockdown, just kind of grafted away literally in my bedroom. Uh, then when lockdown finished, um, I played Hector's at first and oh, then... I was there! Right! Yeah, yes, no, no, like, so they, they played on, like, the very first day was, like, a Monday, which was, like, Jackmaster, and then the Tuesday was at, like, Mashhouse, because right. Cabo was still closed, yeah. yeah, um, so I played the main room there, I was so scared, um, but yeah, I loved it, and then kind of, like, started working with Fly, like, a lot more heavily, um, a few months after, um, got booked for, like, their Halloween, like, liquid rooms, when, like, Joe was still working there, and then yeah, since that that's kinda of been my main kind of focus. Um got made a resident by Taylor <laughs> who's beside us um a few months ago. Um which was like always like a massive goal of mine. So yeah. Um yeah. Um and this is just a couple of weeks after you played main stage for Fly Open Air as well. So how did you find that experience as well? yeah so like I set myself like one year three year and like five year goals like just kind of roughly like I find that a good thing to like keep me motivated and like keep striving for like better like um and I put that on like my like literally like five year goal when I first started like same with being a resident like I was thinking this was like five to ten years type thing um so to get it was just like amazing because that was like kind of like my ultimate goal that I thought like I would probably never get past type thing um, I brought, like, my mum, dad, like, auntie, uncle, everything like that. Like, I played a lot of tunes that, like, really mean a lot to me. Like, it's probably, like, my favourite set I've ever played. Like, <laughs> it was actually unreal. Um, just, like, looking out and, like, seeing, like, my family, like, my friends from home, like, all my friends that, like, I've made since I started DJing. Like, that's, like, another thing. Like, the people I've met since I've started DJing have, like, literally enhanced my life so much. And it's, like, one of the most important things for me so yeah it was so so good I was gonna say that as well like I feel like in Edinburgh we're all really lucky like I feel like we're all like friends it's really nice and I'm the same like I've made so many friends like well literally me and Taylor became friends because what we started doing like cash desks together and stuff do you know what I mean but like silly things like that and like everyone else in the scene is just like it's a really nice like little group of people I feel like as well um okay I think the next thing I want to ask you is how do you feel like you've changed since you first started DJing? Like, do you think, like, your style and, like, your sounds changed quite a bit? Or what do you think? Yeah, like, 100%. So, 
like when I very first started like I used to literally play like disco and like house and like see if anyone ever asked me to play disco now I'm like no I'm not doing it I hate it like I, I really don't like it um but it's weird like I wouldn't really say I'm like I have like a specific genre like don't think people would look at me and think like she plays this every time like I really do try and like change my sets a lot like I like like breaks like trance like I'm liking like hard groove just now um so like things like that I'm just trying you know incorporate like a lot of different things into my sets because I never want to be that person that's like oh like Millie plays this all the time do you know what I mean so I do kind of change it a lot so yeah like just now I'm like hard groove techno trance stuff like that but probably ask me in six months I'll be playing something weird and <laughs> okay so I think the next thing I just want to ask you is um how did you feel like starting out as a female DJ in the scene like I think that like I said before we're lucky we've got such a good group of friends and like everyone in the Edinburgh scene is really nice but did you still feel like a bit of pressure or like a bit uncomfortable almost when you started out at all yeah so I think like when I first started like I didn't know as many people um and like when I'm playing just now like because we know like even all like the security guards and like literally everyone that works there like I feel so safe but when I first started like sometimes I'd like play a gig myself like I would go myself and I used to feel you know like just really like intimidated like and I think you feel like that when you're just going to a club as a girl anyway like it's just like the world we live in but yeah like I definitely you know like didn't always feel the most comfortable and I think like I'm lucky just now because like I know everyone but even when I go to play somewhere like in Glasgow or somewhere else it, I don't know like the bouncers and I don't know the people working there like I definitely get that feeling again and I just think it's probably how girls feel in a club if they're just going with one of their pals or don't know anybody else um, regardless I think that yeah club safety is such a like, scary thing like like you said like knowing it all the bouncers and stuff is like such a laugh and they're all really nice and stuff but then going somewhere new can be a little bit daunting if, especially if you're like in a new surrounding like not with like loads of your friends and stuff like that and then I think even like playing a gig after that is like way more pressure because you've got a whole crowd of like faces you have no idea of looking at you like security and staff all around you and like people booking you as well you've never met before like th that's a little bit daunting sometimes as well I think in Scotland again like there's so many promoters and like DJs who all know each other so it is such a nice experience sometimes but there is that sort of like feeling of I don't know how to explain it just like that's feeling in the bottom of your stomach where you're just like a little bit uncomfy in some places <laughs> Do you feel like you've had to work a bit harder to get where you are or one of the things that I feel like I noticed a lot is that female DJs have to be more talented than like male counterparts in order to sort of be taken seriously in the scene? Yeah like 100% like I think there's such a like warped view um, especially just now with things like equality riders and things as people think that girls just get put on a lineup because they're a girl and I think like what you know people don't see as like us feeling like we have to work extra hard or you know like do something extra different or that just to feel like we deserve to be there and I always say like yeah in reality probably the first gig I ever did 
was in part to play because I was a girl. But then to get those repeat bookings by the same person, they're not going to book someone that's rubbish. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's just like people just think like sometimes like, you know, oh, a girl's just on a lineup because they're a girl. But I do feel like I need to put pressure on myself and I do work extra hard to try and like prove that I'm there. Even still, like I still kind of get that like, oh, do people think I've just got this because I am a girl? And it's actually like really hard. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not a nice feeling. Um, But I just kind of like flipped it on its head and just thought like it would just be a driver for me to work harder. Um, so it's a positive I suppose I feel like it's like an unspoken thing as well like when you are a female DJ I feel like I for some reason feel like everyone's gonna have more to say about you and your talents and so if I like cock up a mix or something like that I feel like oh my god like I don't know I just feel like there's way more pressure on me to do to do well whereas if I hear one of my mates who's like a guy DJ and they cock up a mix I don't I don't bat an eyelid but for me that's something different and I don't know whether that is a gender thing or whether that's just something in my head but I do I do feel like the whole you know having to be more talented to be successful or like working harder to take like be taken seriously that's not that's a universal experience that's not just like me and you sitting here thinking that like I know there's so many other girls out there who do think that so I don't think it's like just me getting in my head but I'm not sure yeah like um I used to always feel like that like you know like everyone sometimes like f's up a mix do you know what I mean like it happens to everyone and like I'll be in the crowd and there'll be like a boy playing I'll just be like oh like we all do it but like when I do it like I'm like I'm gonna get cancelled like (laughs) I'm never gonna be able to play again but then I was like listening to um like Fraser Ray um like has like a rin show and like there was like one time he was playing and he just kept like mucking up all the mixes and then he literally just said like as a laugh he was like if I get nine good mixes out of ten that's a good day and like he didn't take it seriously so like I just kind of thought like do you know what I mean like everybody does it and I think it like it also shows that like you're being authentic and you're not cheating like if you don't get it quite right every single time like I would rather hear someone not do it right than feel like someone's not being authentic so yeah that's a really good one actually as well how do you feel when we talk about Edinburgh first and then Scotland but how do you feel um we do in terms of diversity in our sort of like a dance music scene here and do you feel like there's any other ways that we could sort of progress or what do you think yeah so I would say like in terms of like from when I first started DJing to now I've noticed like in terms of like female minorities like they're definitely getting there like there's a lot more work being done like there's a lot more female DJs kind of up and coming um especially like in Edinburgh like there's been loads like you guys like stuff like that um I think we're getting there but in terms of like other minority groups like I've not seen that same progress and I can't kind of speak firsthand for those groups um but I think there needs to be a lot more um to help them feel safe in our environments like I was speaking to one of my friends um, who went to like a queer night like the other week and she said that she felt like really out of place um, and I just said like like not for like anything that people had done and I was like I think that's a really good feeling to experience because that's what they must experience every single time and I think it's just about you know like how do we make 
our environment safe for everyone and all the different minority groups and I think like a key part of that is like showing that on the lineups um and not just expecting them to kind of be in those environments and um, without the lineup kind of reflecting them yeah I think that's a really good point to make as well like I think you can kind of notice it in crowds I mean I'm sure there's some statistics to back this one up but I think you can kind of notice it in crowds if you've got a more diverse lineup if you've got some girls if you've got people of color on the lineup your audience tends to reflect that and it's so interesting to see that especially like coming from a point of view of looking at queer people and like people of color like house and like electronic music as we know it today like came from like queer culture and the sounds were created from by black people and stuff like that so to see that not reflected in the audiences and lineups a day is just a wee bit sad and so sometimes I feel like if you can't see yourself within a genre like how are you supposed to sort of keep that going for your culture and you as like people if that makes sense but I think what you were saying as well I think there definitely is a lot more female DJs kicking about right now but there's that thing as well like I was terrified to start and I'm still terrified every time I play and I it's just because I'm I don't know again as being like a girl sometimes I tell people that I've started DJing and they think it's funny or like they have like they're like oh really hard and I'm like what what is it is this me specific or is this because I'm a girl what are you trying to say here but um I feel like yeah I was really really scared to start and I think that's just maybe because I didn't see as many um like female DJs in lineups and stuff so yeah you were one of the first ones I saw like literally I was just saying that and that's what I was saying before like I always just admired your DJing and stuff so I think if we continue this way and we continue to get more minorities into DJing then hopefully we can like see a bit more balance in the scene but yeah I think there's like female-led nights and like queer nights and stuff like that that go on as well which is really really nice to see but it's not necessarily I don't know how to word what I want to say like maybe not necessarily doing enough in like the the mainstream events if that makes sense you've got all these really small promoters doing all this really really great work and their nights are really really good but if we're talking about club culture as a whole how much does maybe that affect I don't know yeah, yeah and I think like you're right like if you look at like the roots of like all like the stuff that like we're doing now like it comes from those people so like to not have them on our lineups and to not have them in that mainstream and like the reality of it is like the big promoters are the ones that run the bigger things that give bigger opportunities that give people better exposure and things like that um like I know that you know like fly do like take it seriously um but not necessarily every big promoter does um it's it's sad (laughs) hard as well like I think I played somewhere maybe like from a couple of months ago and it was a really I don't know it was a really bizarre lineup there were so many guys on it and I just think like it's also not that hard to I'm not saying what where it was but to me I looked at the lineup and I thought this is so many white guys just playing and I just don't think it's hard like you don't have to look very far to find some more girls or queer people to put on your lineup um just think like you look at some lineups and you just think you've not tried one bit to do anything here and it's just a little bit like disheartening sometimes I feel but it like I say you're talking about like fly and like some other big promoters who do do really well and take these kind of things seriously so knowing that the people at the top sort of are starting to make the changes like the people who have the bigger power is 
quite nice to see, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, like, um, the thing is, like, a lot of people, um, and I'll just speak about it from, like, female minority groups because that's what I've experienced. Like, a lot of people, like, use this, like, equality rider as a way to say, you know, you're just getting booked because you're a female. Um, sorry, my phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you're just getting, like, booked because you're a female or, like, because you're in this minority group. And, like, that's not the case. Like, there's a lot of really talented people within those groups. So you don't have to just pick somebody because they're in that group. Like, you can find somebody talented that will suit your lineup, that will suit what you want to promote, like, the type of music you want to play. You just maybe, like, have to actually do some digging and do some research and not just go for the standard lineup that you're used to and you're comfortable with. Like, you need to get uncomfortable to like reap greatness to be honest that's really good yeah no I totally agree like you said like you can I feel like sometimes you can see a lineup and you think or like an event or something like that and they've got some diversity in there even like picking someone from a warm-up or something like that for like a bigger artist sometimes I feel like I see some rogue choices purely just for diversity and I think that like okay great you're trying to do something here but I also think like in my head it's so easy maybe maybe this is just because I know everyone in the scene in Scotland you'll be the same as well like we all know each other but I can pick you could name me all these big artists and I could pick out all all these people who'd be so so good for warm-ups and I just think like you're right like you just have to dig a bit deeper and like actually put in a little bit of work when you're thinking about it and it's not hard at all to just curate a slightly more diverse lineup than what you've already got but yeah so what do you have planned for the rest of your summer in terms of gigs and stuff like that have you got any really fun ones coming up or um yes so i possibly have one at the end of june that i can't talk about that i just told you about um (laughs) which is exciting um it'll be in london um which is like exciting because like i say like um like as part of like my yearly goals is like to try and play like out with Edinburgh so like I focused first on like Glasgow so like been working with like Glasgow promoters a lot more and then hopefully like kind of down south and stuff so that'll be sick if that happens um and then in July I've got like my headline for fly um so I did one in January I've got one in July um and I just like love playing for fly at Cavill and like to like be doing a headline for them like it always gets me so excited like last time I brought like my mum and dad <laughs> again that's just a common theme like just bring your mum and dad to the club or something um so yeah that'll be really good I'm playing it with the at it boys um and then I've got like some other plans of like who I want to bring in um for like my other headlines for flying stuff like that so yeah that's like probably the main one um for me I love that concept as well of like bringing other people in as well. Like me and Taylor played our fly headliner. We didn't just want to do it ourselves. Like you got to have some other people in it, and we got in a couple of really great girls from Glasgow. Shout out C Frame and Tino. Um, but it was so oh, Chloe's crazy, but I absolutely love her. But she's nuts. Um, but um, I think that yeah, that's another really important thing as well. Like sharing it, it just makes it way more fun. Do you not think? Like doing it with your mates as well yeah like 100% like for my first like headline in January like I got like Mina and who's like my best friend and it was just like so much like better like playing it like with my best friend you know what I mean like it felt like I was sharing something with her as well um and yeah like 
for like some of the lineups that like I want to get in like it's definitely like female focused and stuff like that so like get some like um artists that are just kind of up and coming and like give them opportunities and stuff as well that like people gave me so it's like nice to like start like being able to give them back to other people so yeah like I really like appreciate that like Fly lets me do that um because I think like originally like it was just going to be like me all night and then like we work to get this like I think it's called like Millie B invites and stuff and it's like good like just looking at who's like doing well and stuff and like who you want to kind of bring in so yeah I'm excited for that um besides your open air gig what has been some of your favorite gigs that you've played so far can you tell me about some of those yeah of course um so um when I um warmed up for skin on skin and x club when it was meant so I was meant to be playing open air in September um and then the queen died um yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so like they still did like the after hours um so like I opened for like skin on skin and x club at the caves like that was like amazing that was like one of the first kind of like full circle moments because so like probably like a year before you know when fly just brought skin on skin in and they were playing caves and cooked were warming them up and then they'd opened up like the wee room too and I was literally like opening like room two and I remember like in like room two like you know how there's like a balcony like above right I remember I was like playing my set and I was like don't really know what to play like cooked will go like really high energy like I'll try and go different so I was playing like breaky kind of stuff um and I was like playing quite like a weird set but like it was good um and I remember like looking up and like skin on skin was watching me and I was actually like I was like I was like oh my goodness like I was actually like to all my friends I was like look up there look up there like I was freaking out and like I remember like the day after he messaged me and he was like oh like I watched your set like it was so so good like it was so nice to watch and then like literally like a year like less than a year later it was like opening up for him it was like so like amazing because it was like proper felt like full circle do you know what I mean so like I love that um as I said like my um like headline in January like I was so nervous for that one because I think it was like actually the first time I'd done a headline and it was like I think it was like 6th of January so I was like really worried that you know like everyone had just been out for the festivities like it's my name on the headline like what if no one's there and like it sold so well um so I was just like so excited with that like again like it meant that I could play like really what I wanted to play and stuff and like play like a lot faster and stuff like that like I literally ended up with like a jungle song I was like this is probably the first time jungle's been played at fly (laughs) um but yeah like stuff like that um has definitely been like my favorite that skin on skin one's so nice as well like when someone who's like a little bit bigger than you is just giving you feedback like that like that's such like a and then you got to warm up from as well that was lovely that's really nice Okay, so you were saying that you like to give yourself like one year, three year, five year plans. I think that's a really good idea and I'm going to, you know, finish this tonight and go home and do mine. But um, what is like next up for you and like your plans? Like what have you got um, in store? Yeah, so over like um, like the time I've been DJing, like repeatedly, like I would have like ideas in my head of like what I wanted to play my set and it did not exist um so I was like right I need, really need to start producing um so I started producing like a few months ago and literally have became addicted to Ableton like it is not funny like I'm literally like sat there all the time like kind of producing tunes so 
yeah like I'm working on a few things just now um like different genres just getting like really comfortable like with the software and things like that and with my own ideas like I try and like even in my sets like I take a lot of influence from like um the artists that I love like that aren't necessarily like electronic music so like I sample and stuff so like Frank Ocean like Kendrick stuff like that um so like in my productions like there'll be some of that and there already is um but yeah so like within the next year like I really want to release I think I'll probably like look to self-release and stuff at first and then maybe like three years like try and like release on like some like record labels that I really like just now and things like that so yeah that's kind of my main focus just now I think like it actually like really suits my personality well so like I am actually like not the most outgoing person like I can be extroverted like I can put it on but I'm like naturally an introvert and I remember like Elliot Adamson who is obviously a producer and a DJ saying like if you want to be a good DJ you need to be an extrovert and if you want to be a good producer it doesn't matter like you need to network if you want to DJ um but if you just want to produce and I'm like that suits me just sitting on a laptop do you know what I mean so yeah I think like I definitely like really want to kind of obviously maintain my focus of DJing but like try and incorporate my own things um like even just things like my like my fly intro like I made like that was just like a simple one like I just wanted like I like a Travis Scott element so like I put like the intro of like pornography into like um like bicep and things like that and it was just like so fun do you know what I mean but yeah I have like kind of started like doing my own like proper productions and stuff so hopefully soon they'll be coming out <laughs> that's so interesting you say that see about how you're saying to take inspiration from your artists as well I'm not saying on this podcast because I want to do it myself one day but there's a specific Frank Ocean song that someone needs to make an edit of and I've told a couple of my friends who make tunes and they're like oh that's quite good might steal that I actually think one of them said it was shite but I'll tell you once after I've recorded this because I'm not putting it out to the world. Not that many people are going to listen to this, but um, I don't want anyone else to steal it because I think it's a really, really good idea. Um, but besides that, is Ableton not like really solid? Like, do you not find it really, really hard? Because I, like, was speaking to my friends the other day. Like, I'm quite musically minded. Like, I used to do piano and like I used to do singing and stuff. Like, I could, you could read sheet music. Like, I've always been like quite good at music, but. It's one of those things where do you think it's more like how good you are with technology or do you think it's like more of a music based thing? Like, is it not really hard? Is my main question actually. That's just for me, not for the podcast. Like, is it hard? Yeah, so like when I first like looked at Ableton, I was like, it literally felt like a mountain to climb. Like I was like, How am I even gonna do this? And like so when you get like Ableton, you get like a ninety day free like free like free trial and like I'd got that, like looked at it for like you know an hour here and there never really done anything then that ran out and I was like right I need to buy this so that I force myself to learn like do you know what I mean if I've just spent like what like five six hundred pounds like I need to sit and do it I know it's a lot what? You, can, <laughs> you can get on Klarna now though <laughs> <laughs> yes thank god I was like looking at my Klarna bill it was like 300 pound for Ableton and I was like oh oh no <laughs> I just bought all my fly outfits everything was on Klarna like my Klarna literally was up at like £1,200 it was so bad because I just oh, or I, I panicked and then I was like oh it's okay it's able but I need to pay that I'm not sending that back <laughs> but yeah like so like I did that and then like from then like I just like really like put a lot of time into it like I know it sounds silly but like YouTube videos are like the best way to kind of start like um and I think like it's weird like a lot of people like start Ableton and like they'll just like 
get samples and chuck samples in and I was like I don't want to do that because other like I'm going to get to the point like I've made a track that's all with samples and I don't understand the tool so like I actually learned like you know like how to like like type things in like you know like the different instruments and things like that and I think like if you know how to read music like you understand like what goes together like what doesn't go together things like that like you'll definitely what's even what's in key and things like that like you'll pick it up like a lot quicker than someone that you know like I doesn't necessarily like know music theory like I'm having to learn music theory at the same time as learning Ableton whereas if you already know music theory like I think you had like a head start yeah and like with like the technology again like it is quite intuitive like after you get over like the first few, few times at using it um but even just try and make like a simple beat like copy someone off of youtube and then start making your own ideas and then like what what you're talking about with frank ocean like i've got one that's like frank just now so i wonder if it's the same thing (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm just gonna wrap things up for today but i just want to say thank you so much for coming on my first episode of my podcast you've made it such a breeze and i think that everything you've said has been so interesting and I'm super excited to see what's next for you. And I can't wait to hear your productions. And I'm really excited to see if this Frank Ocean song's the same song. But if it's not, you better not steal it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Emily. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like, I think me and Sally were really, really nervous to do this. So <laughs> please be nice. <laughs> yeah, Rowan Newlands, if you're listening to this, don't say anything nasty. <laughs> thanks so much everyone for listening and i'll see you in the next episode bye